0: Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series three, sorry, season four, uh, episode uh, f- 16 of this daily study podcast. Thank you once again for joining us as we continue with our Come Follow Me studies. We are looking uh, in the sections of Genesis chapters three to four and Moses chapters four to five and uh, we're looking at the fall of Adam and Eve. So, um, The first thing, really, that we need to focus on as we begin the actual fall account with Adam and Eve is the tactics that the adversary uses. And this is very useful for us because, of course, we see these tactics in use today. Uh, They are tried and tested over millennia. Uh, And so to think that we can just go through our lives and not consider or reflect on or prepare ourselves for the advances of the adversary would be quite foolish. He, he is powerful, as we learned in Moses chapter 1. And so here we find some of the tactics and the playbook that the adversary uses in his uh, attempts to get us to give up our agency. Interestingly, by using it to make choices which take away further agency. Now, we have here uh, in Genesis uh, chapter 1, this idea that it was a the serpent, which was more subtle than any beast of the field. Now, whether um, Satan came in the form of a a serpent or the Bible is using a symbol to describe Satan as a serpent. And again, we know we are learning a lot of lessons through the symbology uh, through the Old Testament, which we will will find um, that either way, we're not 100 percent sure. Um, You know, in verse six, where it says, and Satan put it into the heart of the serpent, for he had drawn many away many after him, uh, and he sought also to beguile Eve. Um, suggests that, you know, he maybe he maybe spoke through the mouth of a, of a serpent um, in disguise, perhaps, to an, which interestingly is one of his tactics is to be to lie, uh, to tell mistruths. Um, but we're not 100% sure. But what we do know from the Moses account uh, comes in verse six as well. For he knew not the mind of God, wherefore he sought to destroy the world. I always... Um, Well, when I was on my mission, uh, as we were in the MTC and as we attended the temple and I was reflecting on kind of this experience of the fall a bit further and deeper, I had the question of, did Satan know, you know, that he was furthering the plan uh, when he tried to tempt uh, Adam and Eve in the garden to transgress and partake of the fruit? Um, Did he, you know, allow that part of the plan to happen so that he would have the opportunity to try and deceive millions and millions of God's children as they came to the earth? Or was it that he didn't know? Um, and as we see here in Moses chapter four verse uh, seven, uh, six, sorry, it very clearly answers that question that he didn't know. Um, he saw that um, there was tension between the two um, options that um, that God gave Adam and Eve, which was not to partake of the fruit, but also to multiply and replenish the earth. Knowing that they couldn't do one without, they couldn't do one and keep the other, and so this is where we kind of get um, an interesting discussion about this. Did God set Adam and Eve up to fail? Well, if you'd believed that partaking of that fruit was a sin, then yes, I suppose so. But we often call it a transgression. And there's a very important difference uh, and, and significance by using that word. Now, first of all, uh, in verse eight, it says, "And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden." But then, in Moses, verse um, chapter four, verse nine, she says, "But of the fruit of the tree which thou beholdest in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it; neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die." Now, Eve clearly understood here, first of all, that if she were to partake of the fruit, there was a negative consequence. God hasn't said that it was against his commandments or he hasn't said that they are not allowed to, but he has told them that they should not, otherwise they will die, which is true. You know, when they partook of the fruits, they fell, uh, they, they, their bodies became mortal and they would one day die. Um, so Adam and Eve, rather than making a mistake or a wrong decision, they had a choice. The choice was to live in the garden in in simplicity and innocence uh, forever uh, with with these bodies which were not mortal or they it was to partake of the fruit become mortal have the opportunity to progress and grow with having no longer that innocence anymore and knowing between good and evil being able to bring children into the world and one day physically but one day physically die um and that obviously makes things a lot clearer for us. Many Christians, as I'm sure many of you listening to this podcast who may also listen to other podcasts and, and who have given other context behind this, many Christians, not all Christians, but many Christians believe that the fall of Adam and Eve was a great tragedy, that it was something which had to be covered up for by the atonement of our Saviour Jesus Christ and made up for. But to me, that doesn't sit well. The fact that God was would be always surprised or he'd have to put in um, countermeasures in place for something which he didn't see happening. Of course God knew this was going to happen. Of course this had to happen. And of course our Saviour was prepared before the foundation of the world to counteract and to um, be able to overcome the uh, the negative effects of the fall, which we understand as physical death spirit and spiritual death. Um, so that, I think, is, is impo- important to remember. And also, uh, by the way, um, understanding whether it was a physical fruit that they partook of or whether this is, again, a symbology, we're not sure. But what we do know is that there was an Adam and Eve and that there was a fall. Uh, And I think all of that uh, helps give us, gives us a bit of context uh, behind this as we go further uh, into the account. So uh, we'll move forward a bit more. Um, So the adversary, interestingly, um, in verse 10 Uh, And verse 11 uh, says this um, in Moses. In fact, I'm going to read the Genesis accounts uh, of this Uh, in verses four and five, which are fairly similar between the two, Genesis and Moses in this case. It says, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, we've spoken about how one of Satan's uh, tricks is to just lie um, or, or be deceptive in the way he presents himself, which he has done uh, with this serpent's um, kind of uh, implication here. And here's another uh, tactic he uses. Notice here, he actually says a truth, and he is telling them the truth in the sense that when they partake of the fruit, their eyes would be opened and they would know between good and evil. But he also mixes it um, with a lie. They will die. Um, but he kind of merges the two together to make it Sound less uh, difficult or or more convincing, perhaps, to try and use you know a, a truth with a lie as well makes it sound like well if that is true this part then maybe this this other bit is true as well, but of course we know that that is a very deceptive thing to do. Um, So we continue on, and of course we know that we know that Eve uh, partakes of this route. Now uh, when we look uh, in Genesis chapter three verse six. Um, it says, And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and it gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. Now there's two things I want to draw from this verse. There is so much to take from every verse. I wonder if we're going to get through all of this this week, as well as do the story of Cain and Abel justice as well, but we'll see what we managed to get done. Um but in Genesis three, six, it's interesting that Eve really analyzes, really carefully considers this, this uh, situation. Uh, and she decides that the, the benefits of making one wise um, was it, was more important than perhaps not dying. Um, and so she partakes the fruit and then gives it to Adam. I would like to uh, wonder and question where Adam was uh, in all of this. Um, where was he uh, when, when the serpent came? Now, obviously, Uh, I'm not suggesting here that uh, husbands and wives should spend every second of of their existence with each other to make sure that that they're making the right choices and not um, doing something that they shouldn't. But what I am saying is that there is an understanding here that perhaps if Adam was with Eve, they could have made this decision together. Now, obviously, um, Adam uh, was was great enough to recognise the right choice that Eve had made Uh, And he also made that choice as well. I mean, imagine if Eve had had made this really courageous choice to make this step out of the garden, and Adam didn't. I mean, I I don't even know what that that would lead to. Um, But both of them made that choice. Uh, And together, uh, they uh, made the decision to partake of the fruit uh, and to to step into uh, mortality, which, of course, uh, was what God desired or wanted to happen. What we'll do is we'll pause there uh, on our study. Uh, We'll continue tomorrow as we're reaching the 10-minute mark. uh, And we'll continue with with the fallout of this, the literal fallout, I suppose, uh, of what this meant for Adam and Eve, what this meant for Satan, uh, and the reaction of our loving Heavenly Father as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. uh, And we will continue tomorrow. And until we meet again.